the uh, first two verses. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. People of the Epiphany, look, the Lamb of God. We are reminded that Epiphany means be revealed. So on this Epiphany Sunday, we look how Jesus Christ is revealed at the very beginning of his public ministry. The first encouragement is to see him for who he is. He is the Lamb of God. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. Well, when it says the next day, that suggests, well, what was that previous day? Well, that was the day in which Jesus came and John pointed him out to be the Lamb of God, saying this same phrase, and there baptized him. This, this term, Lamb of God, was a very significant, and is a very significant name for Jesus to be called. For he was a, indeed a very special lamb. One that would, or, or at least should, cause faithful Old Testament believers to think of how Scripture talked about lambs. One of the most prevalent one, of course, was the Passover lamb. That they were to, to remember and celebrate every single year as a reminder of how God rescued them from Egypt, but more specifically, how the blood of a, of a lamb without blemish saved them from the angel of death. And whenever they were in Jerusalem, they would have to be reminded constantly of the daily killing of many, many lambs for sin offerings and burnt offerings. And they, indeed, would be good for them also to think back of what Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, that a, a future servant of the Lord would be led like a lamb to the slaughter. Peter, in his first epistle later, would write that we are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So all this and, and so much more in Scripture reminds us that Jesus is that very special Lamb of God, one who is both man and God. Jesus was a man, a real living human being, like us in every way, tempted as we are, except without sin, alive, so able to die. He obeyed the law of God and of men perfectly. And how could he do that? Well, of course, at the same time, he was God and had all the attributes and power of God, almighty, all-knowing, kind and compassionate, eternal. It is essential for the Lamb of God to be totally and truly man and to be totally and truly human at the same time. And after his conception, he was that way and will be that way for all eternity. Why is that important? Because he was the one who was to take away sin. When John pointed to Jesus, John included uh, 
the part that's in our reading, look the Lamb of God, but he also gave the entire phrase of who Jesus was and what he would do. Listen. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus takes away sin. God demands perfection, holiness of everyone, including you and me. As God, Jesus was able to be holy. As man, Jesus was able to die. See, and we needed that kind of a Lamb of God, worthy of our praise, worthy of, of our everything, because we are sinners. And the Bible says, a soul that sins, it shall die. So for us to have forgiveness, any chance of real life here, to say nothing about life in heaven, we needed help. Real help, big time. And that's what Jesus was. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. He gave us that help by his life and his death. Jesus, as Peter wrote, was without blemish or defect. As a man, he was required to be perfect. As God, he was able to be perfect. And he gave us this perfection when the Holy Spirit brought us to faith in Jesus Christ. It's as if now, because of faith in Jesus, God looks at you and looks at me, sinful people that we know we are, and sees Christ's perfection. Of course, there was a great cost to do that. The payment was his life. Yes, his physical suffering and death, but a suffering that was more significant than that. He suffered the punishment of every sin, of every person, for an eternity. That means our sins have been paid for in full. Not only ours, but also the sins of the world. Why would God do that? Well, all we know is what the Bible tells us. It says he had a special kind of love. A love that's a giving love, a love that's a sacrificing love, a love that's determined to carry it out no matter what the cost. And that love was for us. And that love was also for the rest of the world. John's word tells us that. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Everyone. I mean, the skeptic in us and our skeptic in the world might ask, Well, how can the death of a single man cover the sins of everybody who will ever live? This man is also God. What is more valuable than God? What is more precious than the blood of Christ? Nothing. And he gave that up so that we could be confident, that we could be sure that God is not angry with us and never will be because of Christ. Payment was for the whole world. Everyone who ever lived. And we know some of those people, right? That means our, our children, if we're old enough to have children and some of you have grandchildren. We have parents. Grandparents, maybe still alive, maybe now have gone to heaven. Jesus died and paid the payment for all of them. But it wasn't just for them. God would have all people, 
come to the knowledge of the truth that Jesus is that Lamb of God that has paid for their sins. Look. How important it is to look and see the Lamb of God. But dear friends, don't just look. Do something about it. See, and that's exactly, seems to be John's purpose in telling his disciples two times that Jesus was the Lamb of God. We see what they did after that. When the two disciples heard him, John, say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? See, these two of John's disciples understood the intent that John had. As if he said to them, look at this one. He is the one you are to follow. He is the Savior of the world, the Messiah. No longer follow me. Follow him. And they did just that. And following him, Jesus noticed that, and he turns around and says, what do you want? And it's like he's saying, you know, why, why are you following me? What is it you want from me? Well, an obvious question, right, if someone follows you. But in this case, a very penetrating question, one that you and I would be good to think about. What do you want from Jesus? Why do you follow him on this day? What is he to do for you? What do you need from him? Maybe you want him to you know, take care of some of the, the difficult and challenging tasks and burdens that are laid upon you. Maybe you want him just to make life a little easier for you. Maybe you want him to to, uh, to help someone that you know who is having a medical crisis at this time. Maybe the crisis isn't a physical one, but a, a spiritual one. Guilt over, of a sin that you've committed that you just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe you want from him forgiveness of the sins that you realize you've done and the ones that you, you don't even know that you or I have committed. Maybe you want a sure and certain promise of new life on this earth and life eternal in heaven. What do you want of Jesus? I mean, the answers might vary. Very well, they probably do. And they all can be, be valid answers. But I hope one of those things, first and foremost, that you do want from him is the opportunity to repent of your sins. Recognize that we need the Lamb of God to take away our sins. We want to have the opportunity to lay them before him and hear him say to us, Arise, your sins are forgiven. Hopefully you'll hear that through his words today, spoken. And you hear that through the, through the supper that he is going to give so many of you. You hear that when you receive that body and blood, that true body and blood and bread and wine and holy communion. And when the pastor at the end tells you your sins are forgiven, right? Go in peace. 
how important that is for us. What do you want of the Lamb of God? Hopefully what these two disciples wanted, to trust in him and to share him. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Andrew and the other one of John's disciples listened to what Jesus said about who he was and why he came and, and what his mission was. And the Holy Spirit convinced them that he was the Messiah, the Christ, that long-awaited Savior, was there standing before them. And they wanted to follow him. They wanted to be a part of doing what they could with him. See, they heard, they believed, and then they trusted. That's what God wanted, that's what Jesus wanted from them, and that's what Jesus wants from us. Follow Jesus, listen to his word, believe it. Trust in him and his promises. Then share it with others. And yes, do like Andrew did. First begin with your family. Share what you found out about Jesus. Share what he means to you. And as you study his word and hear his word and find out more and exciting things, share those things also. Be excited about that opportunity to, to learn more. They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he says, come and you will see. Have you heard Jesus invites you lately? Maybe when you walk by that, that Bible that you have at home sitting by your bedstand or someplace like that, does it ever whisper to you, hey, come on, open me up? Jesus has something to share with you this morning, this evening. When you open up the bulletin and are paging through and looking at the announcements and, and you come upon the Bible, the Bible classes that are offered, is there ever a voice inside of you that says, hey, that, that class would be good for me. I, I, need, I need to be reassured of that. I need to go over those teachings once again. What do you want from Jesus? What does he want from you? He wants us to grow, right? To know him and to grow in him. And then not just for ourselves, but to think of that friend or think of that neighbor that you know is struggling that would be blessed and inviting them and bringing them along to worship and to Bible studies. To hear Jesus say to you and to them, come and you will see. When we do that, when we come and listen to God's word, and when we learn and grow, don't be surprised if the next time Jesus says, follow him. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. 
Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. First to follow seems to be Andrew and the other disciple of John the baptizer, which many believe is probably the Apostle John. John never records his own name in his gospel. See, then Peter, next Philip, and pretty soon Nathaniel. See, the gospel invitation to follow the Lamb of God is given out again and again by the Holy Spirit to follow him every day of our life as he leads us to heaven. The question is, who will you invite to come along? What are you willing to do to help? How can you support others so that we can share this good news around our community and around the world? so that many more may be called to follow Jesus and be saved. Look, the Lamb of God. See him as your Lord and Savior, truly worthy of praise. Look, the Lamb of God. But don't just look. Do something. So others may see him also. Amen.